0: we don't like um uh socializing
1: (laughs) we live in trees and uh look for books in the world
0: and Go back to our trees.
2: Do we wish to address the dragon in the room, Cotter? And I don't mean me.
1: I think there should be a um, an emphasis on reassurance. Reassurance, you mean? What he said. I don't know how to speak English.
3: You know, I think I might just stay awake for most of the night. This this seems a little uh, too perfect. Chapter
0: 187, On the Line of Battle. Okay. So in the last episode... Craval's group, or is it Cotter's group now? I'm never sure. Uh, had made their way back to Portum Magnum, uh, and uh, had barely had time to uh, change into fresh set of clothes when they had to go meet with the Baron. And uh, what came of that meeting with the Baron? Because that was very interesting.
3: Uh, let's see. Cotter was assigned uh, a regiment, I believe, the Swan Regiment. Yeah, the
0: Swan Battalion.
1: Battalion, but it was brigade. Um, Swans are mean.
0: Yeah. Pick your eyes out, and um, and we
1: did suggest that
3: perhaps that there is another way to infiltrate and change the the opposing baron's mind. But um, for now, it seems like uh, dealing dealing with things on the open field is is something that needs to be done first.
0: Yes, it seems like both uh, armies have been committed. So uh, um, yeah, the uh, baron thought to maybe make uh, a uh, test of your idea once this whole uh, ugly business out in the field has been taken care of. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, and uh, he did have some reservations though. Does anyone remember what, uh, what was um, nibbling at the back of his mind?
2: I'm sorry. I totally forgot. I'm drawing a blank.
0: Yeah. He was a little bit concerned that Uh basically S. Colbarium standing army, even, um, were they to pull in, like, every able-bodied person, still couldn't stand up to the amount of people that Port of Magnum can put in the field. I mean, they're a very wealthy barony, controlling all the trade in the the kingdom, so they can afford uh, all the best, and uh, they have quite a a few standing people there, plus a militia, plus any conscripts, and uh, that would basically uh, put them in the field with a much larger force. So uh, the baron did think that perhaps the... Baroness was trying to consolidate the uh, efforts of her barony by giving them a single enemy to single out, uh, that being Porta Magnum, a single enemy to go in and concentrate all of their animus against instead of against her. But uh, at the same time, that seemed like a rather dangerous ploy because on the morrow, you should be able to go out in the field and crush them, and then where will she be? So, he's it was worrying him a little bit that you know perhaps there was some ace up the sleeve of the baroness, something that was aiding her that uh, emboldened her to the point where she felt like she could go and contest against Porta Magnum in the field.
3: And we we had some suspicions that perhaps the uh, succubus. Uh, is back to uh, her old treachery. So, this seems very much like what we've encountered before.
0: Yeah, certainly um you did have to face off against her machinations over there at Mons. And uh, it uh, was kind of uh kind of reminiscent of that. Yeah, so who knows if it's uh foolhardiness on the you know face of the baroness, she's maybe just oversold her abilities or the abilities of her barony and is about to pay the price or if she does actually have some sort of a backer behind her although as the baron said he has quizzed the ambassadors of all the rest of the baronies and none of them uh claim to be offering any aid at all to the baroness so so there we are okay so you had just finished with the baron and had retired back to the Cotter estate, uh, back to the Fraser house. And, uh, Red, you had gone to the library and looked up everything on The Art of War and had uh, once again retired to the Fraser estate. And that's where we find everybody now. It's uh, getting on towards dinner time. And then, obviously, at Crack of Dawn tomorrow, a lot of you are expected to be out at the gates of Porta Magnum and heading out into the Campo Magno to go and take on the forces of ex Colbarium Colise. But for the short time, at least you are settled in the grand dining room at the Fraser estate. Um, is there anything anybody wanted to do before dinner time?
2: I had a couple of things I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to talk to Cotter separately about whether or not you wanted to bring his adopted family into this, uh, this particular conflict
0: adopted family the dragonborn oh i got
1: that you didn't get that no um i i think we shouldn't make that decision now i think that it'll either be over tomorrow and they won't be here in time or we can make the call if it goes incredibly
0: incredibly wrong tomorrow so now one thing to think about is it's a full day's travel from the heights down to where the battle will obviously be taking place. So if you have to call during that day because you're being overwhelmed, um, you know, it'll be the next day before they can get there. So um, yeah, I meant that, like, I think the battle will
1: start before they could get here. I don't know if, is that
0: accurate?
2: That, that was one of my questions.
0: Okay, so um, basically what's going to have to happen, just logically looking at the, uh, the layout, is um, tomorrow morning, bright and early, crack of dawn, you guys will be mounted up and heading out back into the Campo Magno. And um, it'll take a basically a full day's march to get down there to a point where you can contest with Excalibarium Colise. So it'll be um, the beginning of the day of the next day, before they can arrive and, or before you will actually be able to uh, engage Excalbarium Colise. So there, there is a full day between now and then. And uh, one, one idea that does come to mind though, uh, Craval is you could alert your people and have them in reserve in the hills above camp, the Campo Magno, and they could be called upon in a, uh, relatively short time.
2: That's kind of what I was thinking.
1: This this would have been a thought that would have been a whole lot better to have back with the Baron, I guess. No, Cause... it wouldn't. No?
2: There's a reason I'm bringing it up to you alone. To you, this is, a, this is a, where what you need to understand is you are part of our family now. The Baron is not part of our family. I am. We are offering our brother the family backup. We don't answer to the Baron. We don't acknowledge him as any other than a person. That that is, that is completely the lowlander's way of doing things, and we are honor- we are honoring that by not insulting you or them, but he is nothing to us but another person.
1: I understand that, but he's also the person in command of the army, so I can't just show up with an extra 600 Dragonborn without informing him because he's
0: my commanding officer, I guess? Yep. Uh, but you could still have them in the hills in readiness and as an ace up your sleeve if you hmm. wanted to.
2: I also had a secondary thought on this, too. I think putting them in the hills as a backup is a viable plan for just in case. And if you want to take even more risk air, if all of the commanders are going to be on the battlefield tomorrow, that leaves a rather large city behind them completely skeleton crewed. And my people are Formont Raiders. It wouldn't be, it would not be too hard to assume that they could take the city. We already own the mountain. The mountain is ours. It stands at the base of our mountain. It almost makes sense that the Dragonborn would want that city to further protect our lands in the mountains. And if they did do that, then you would have a familiar claim to that city which would bolster relations between it and and your Baron and Port of Magnum.
1: I don't think getting invaded would make them very friendly to us. But um,
2: I don't believe they're very friendly to us as it is.
1: That is also true.
0: Well, the question is, um, is this a madness of the Baroness? And she's just whipping her people up into this frenzy, brain- brainwashing them, if you will. Um, with the disinformation campaign, or is this coming from the bottom up? Is she basically just tapping a, um, grassroots unhappiness with, uh, with Porta Magnum? So that would totally change which direction you maybe want to go. Cause obviously if, uh, if this is really just her, uh, whipping everybody into a frenzy, then, um, yeah, they would eventually one day see the light and, uh, realize how crazy she was and, and, uh. Then be happy for liberation. Whereas, if it's the other way around, if she's just tapping into the grassroots anger at Port de Mag, then then yeah, they would just feel like they were a, a occupied territory if we took them over. So, uh, just depends on which way that particular thing flows. So, what would you it like would to be,
2: do? It would be a little foolish, in my opinion, to not assume that there's some not some sort of trickery or equal thoughts being manipulated by this other force. Mm -hmm. now war is all about risks and all the time you know if you take the right risks is after the war is over and you see where you stand
1: so i think how disruptive would it be to your society if we're saying hey on the off chance we need you be in these hills to come sweep down the mountain
0: well this not would be the all. yeah this would be the very perfect time to do that because the dragonborn are moving from their high pastures to their low valley. So this is the one time of year which they're already on the move, already packed up, um uh, already a mobile force. So yeah, if it was the middle of summer or the middle of winter, uh maybe not so much, but yeah, right now seems to be mm-hmm. like the perfect moment in time to actually do that where they you could get the entire group uh down in the hills. Okay, so and they're itching for
2: a fight. It actually might—it actually might settle some of the uh, inner fire that some of my people have right now. And if we did use for occupying force, once we have everything situated and calmed down, my people will gladly just retract back into the mountains. We have very little interest in living in the lowlands, but we also know that we also understand the benefits
1: of occupation. So, I think the best use that we could find would be the quick reaction, like, in the hills above the battlefield. And then we can call them down if we need to. Or, I mean, I don't know. I don't yeah, really know. that. just
0: make them a ready reserve, yeah. just in case. Although,
1: if we have a force, we should use it instead of it being a just in case, right? Because that would reduce losses and all that i think oh man having
2: them have think of it this way having a having a every army that ever had a surprise victory came from an outside force that the, the preceding army did not see coming having a third army crash into the side at an opportune time can turn a battle from being a failure into a into a success i will i will Make notice to your sister, my patron mother and wife and sister, and have them move what readily force available above in the hills. If we don't use them, they will simply go back into the lower campground when it is done.
1: That sounds good. Okay. Or potentially
2: potentially a city that needs some strong rules, as Hmm. this other one seems to have issues upon issues that we don't need right now.
0: Yeah, so you do have the Rocky Talkie there, Kraval. Uh, so what uh, message do you want to send to your sister?
2: Uh, I will set, send her her... Hold on, I need to count this out. Kraval would know what the hills are called. What are the hills called?
0: Oh, you can just call them the hills above the Campo Magno.
2: Okay, I will send her a message that says, Send available forces to hills above Campo Magno wait for signal to attack opposing forces from city at the bottom of the mountain.
0: Okay. And you hear your sister's voice in your head with that message back to you.
2: They will be there in a place by midnight, the day after tomorrow,
0: which kind of makes sense. It'll take them a day to gather everybody up. Um, so to, you know, tomorrow, they'll be able to gather everyone together and marshal their forces and take out, and then there'll be a day's travel down into the hills. So um,
1: That doesn't sound like
0: they'll be there in time. Or is my math wrong? Um, they will be there basically um, at the end of the day of the first ba- battle. So if you guys are in need of another force, they'll be there. So with my preconceptions
1: of how a battle with, look, how long, I guess, like, to remove that, how long do we expect this battle to be? Will it be like we all show up one day, it's over by the next? Is it...
2: It'll it'll be a battle of testing each other's strengths in the first day. They're going to want to take our numbers, we're going to take their numbers. Have you never been in a war, little brother?
1: No, no, sorry, that was out of character. Like, I... Oh understand like maybe a little but my my character probably knows a lot more so
2: out of character the, the, the battle the uh, posing armor is gonna show up they're gonna need to ascertain exactly what numbers they're facing where they are where they're being spread out what they can expect this can be at least a full day of them just testing and posturing and some communication and the actual battle probably won't take place to the following day or light skirmishing at first that'll eventually ramp up to a full-on clash.
0: Yes, and unless obviously one side is ridiculously well placed compared to the other in which case if uh there's it seems like there's a crushing advantage I would expect whoever has that advantage probably as soon as the two sides meet will uh will immediately call on the attack and and crush the opponent, at least attempt to. So if, if that is the case then um yeah, they'll they'll arrive the day after the battle happens. And if it's if it's more like uh, Drew is saying, then, yeah, they'll arrive just in time for uh, reinforcement if uh, there is a need.
3: So not one to be left out of family discussions. You know, my ears been to the door. And so I'll I'll enter. And then so Cotter. I you sort know, of we, assumed
2: you're already there.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, you guys went off and I snuck around. That's what I do. Um, So, uh, Cotter the Baron uh, didn't want to avail us as a a strike force that could deal with this Baroness directly, but perhaps I could, or myself and, and one of our tabaxi friends could actually sneak around the battlefield and put an end to it by dealing with the Baroness then and there.
0: Well, obviously, this would be something you'd have to do once you actually see where the battlefield is laid out. If uh, the the Baroness is not obviously apparent amongst the Sea Heave uh, combatants, then uh, yeah, it would probably not work. But if uh, the, you can see the Baroness's standard somewhere, if you can actually figure out where the command headquarters is, then yeah, that might work.
1: Mm. And yeah, also, we need to make sure the battle is a success and then... As like a secondary objective, we can work on that, right?
2: Actually, I kind of agree with no one. You're kind of I understand your responsibilities are split here. And you have to maintain the the barons trust and whatnot. No one and I are under no such compulsions to, to or restrictions that you are. If you're maintain this battle and even if we have to bring in our, the, na- the Dragonborn Nation, let one and I and the Tabaxi, if they're willing to accompany us, go straight to the command center. Well, we can have our own hunt, bag and tag our quarry and bring it before you and the Baron to, or bring it for you to take to the Baron.
1: So
3: I know- and at the very least, that might disrupt their forces and make your route all the greater.
1: Maybe indeed, but I, I know that we are good against a similarly sized group or one slightly larger i don't know how how good would we be on a battlefield of thousands
2: we're gonna have thousands of our own i mean
1: i know that we would
3: uh, we would sneak there we wouldn't fight our way through an army we would make our way to the camp
1: is it i i don't know like if it was a group of 20 people that we had to steal one out of I think we would be probably pretty good at doing that. Oh, but we need
2: more than one. We need the Baroness, and we need her generals. Wars aren't won by numbers. Wars are won when you smash their motivation. Once you've broken their spirit, the war falls apart.
1: What I'm saying is I think there might be just too many sentries and guard posts for you to get past, to get in and out. In this, I, I don't know enough. Um, would there
0: be? You let's, would have to wait and see what how the battlefield is laid out.
2: Uh, let's see how the yeah. Let's see it till tomorrow if if we can think of it advantageous. Let no one and I and the Dragonborn take care of the surprise counterattack while you take them from the front. Okay. And then, no will be willing, we'll all be drinking a celebration much later that night
0: indeed okay so um anything else we need to do before uh, dinner rolls around um i
1: i'd like to get money but that might be something for after dinner i don't know okay would that be an after dinner thing or
0: um Um, you could probably mention disinia right now okay what was that, Drew?
2: Since we'll also be a while, well, if we have a way of, if we have, uh, I'd like to arrange, and I, I'd need Cotter's help to do it. We have those objects, or I have the objects and the half-elf blacksmith that are now done that were made for uh, Adri Nolan and for you, well, time you until you found the other shield. and I need to re- reclaim those.
0: Okay. So, yeah, we'll, uh, why don't you, you will probably be able to send for those. Um
2: it's that that's what I wanted yeah. to send them, have them brought to us. I know we're not going on our for a little bit.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so probably that's something you would have done just as soon as you got into Porta Magnum uh, before you had to go meet with the Baron. So they would certainly be delivered by the time uh, dinner rolled around. Oh, excellent! Yeah,
2: that's what I was trying to do, but we had okay. so much more getting done.
0: Yeah, and what all did you have uh, commissioned again? I had.
2: I had three items commissioned, I had and paid for. I had a shield to that was idea was to have
0: a uh, a uh, the dragon scale shield, yeah, you know?
2: yeah. For I, it was for supposed to be for Cotter before he found his newest one.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then the gloves were for uh, Noan and Adri. It was I was trying to get this way of somehow reinforcing or adding a little extra damage to their punches should they want to, and that was it.
0: Okay, good. And yes, those are waiting in your room when you return.
2: Okay, how do they look?
0: They look pretty darn spectacular, actually. The, uh, the technicians that worked on them uh, did absolute masterful bits of work there. Um, and the shield basically uh, would act as um, plus one uh, shield, but also it would provide resistance to acid, Attacks, since it's uh, black dragon skin. So it's a
1: straight upgrade, I think. Then that's very, or is it attunement required? Uh, would not be no. Oh, yeah, that's very nice.
2: Is that, uh, is that still an upgrade for you?
0: Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, my shield is currently only plus one. Or oh no, oh it's, oh, it's, it's plus two. Never mind. So, yeah. is a one AC worth? resistance to acid how often do we fight acid
0: well you might want to have it in your yeah. uh,
1: possession just in case yeah so that sounds like a keep it with us and when we go underground maybe take it out so that we can punch the gelatinous cubes in the face
2: and then uh i'll hand the gloves over to no one and ask him to hold on to Adries as well but what do the gloves do if anything
0: um, so the, uh, gloves would basically, uh, give you plus one to attack and plus one to damage. Um, and then also would confer, uh, a, uh, resistance to acid attacks. Would this stack with my claws? Unfortunately, no, you'd have to choose one or the other. Because obviously the claws are a fist weapon as well.
3: Well, hey, I can now get the same plus one and acid resistance.
0: Yeah.
1: We're never gonna fight anything with acid ever again. <laughs> no, but it
2: helps. Make, you know, just it's a little bit extra. At the time, we needed the upgrades. That's yeah. before what
0: we ended up. Then you got sucked down into the Underdark. Okay, so um, off to dinner then. Sounds good.
2: Uh, looks like it.
0: Very good. Do we need just
2: one of those fancy dinners we have to get dressed up for? It is not
0: a dress ball, but obviously any dinner in Port of Magnum is a fancy dinner. So, it, you know, you, you wouldn't want to come in, in in your traveling clothes.
2: No, but I don't Oops. feel the need to put on my war paint and all
1: that.
0: Yeah, no, not, nothing like that. This is this is not a dress ball. Uh, what are the tabaxi going to do? What are the tabaxi going to do? Obviously, you've been introduced to Cindy and the household. I'm assuming you would just go to dinner, right? I mean, I feel like we're here to uh, help. So kind of just point us where you want us for whatever tasks you need.
1: I think we'll still go down in our robes um, because we didn't really bring anything else.
0: Sounds good. Although uh, I'm sure if you wanted, uh, then uh, certainly the, the Fraser household has a lot of extra clothing they could provide you if you wanted to have something snappier. But are you going to... You're just I'm gonna... just going to wear my normal clothes. Okay.
1: Yeah, we weren't really preparing to go to a fancy dinner. We were uh, assigned to do things in the mountains. So
0: Definitely. Okay.
1: And also, you're preparing to like not be seen, right? You got it.
0: Okay, good. So uh, you guys all show up to dinner, and um, Cotter's whole family is there. And uh, Cotter... Your mother seems to be in a much better mood than the last time you were here. That sounds good. Good. Um, And uh, you'll notice at uh, Craval and Noan's and your place, there is a small leather purse. And then, uh, Noan, there is a rather fancy leather bag at your place as well. I. Peer into it. Um, it's empty, but it sure looks an awful lot like a bag of holding. Ooh, I could use one of those. Yes, and in Insinia, as you're examining that, says, um, Kata, uh, inform me about the uh, loss of your bag of holding uh, there in the Underworld Passages. So I uh, took the liberty of getting a new one. Um, And also, he uh, told me about the unfortunate loss of all of your funds. So, um, I took the liberty of uh, providing you with a little bit of traveling money. Uh, I doubt you'll need it here going forward in this next couple of days, but just in case. And in each of the purses, there's um, 100 gold and 50 electrum and 50 platinum. Say again? 100 gold. No, no, like that last one is actually? 50 platinum. That's more money than they took. <laughs> it seems that your uh, Fraser family is doing fairly well these days here, Cotter. How much Electrum? 50.
3: I, I do a slight and say you're all too gracious.
0: And uh, she says, uh, I'm only too happy to help out. Uh, you've returned my husband to me uh, yet again in, in one piece. At least I'm assuming in one piece. Uh, so it was very good, uh, very, my gratitude to you, actually. And uh, the dinner is um, a pleasant affair. Uh, they have several removes. It's not quite as fancy as some of the ones you've had before uh, there, Cotter. It's it's almost as if they're kind of already kind of on a war footing and aren't uh, going to make this quite. And um, everybody roll Insight. 19. 22. 20. 21. 15. Okay, so um, it's apparent to everybody here um, that there is a strained tension in the air. There's just an overriding uh, feeling of worry. So even though it seems cheery, there's kind of a somber note behind it all.
2: Do we wish to address the dragon in the room, Cotter?
0: Um...
2: And I don't mean me.
1: Yeah, I, I got that. Um, I don't really know how.
2: You are still the head of this family. You need to learn to basically fake it until you make it. This is what you're here for.
0: Excellent this advice. Do you just want to ask what is uh, weighing on everyone's mind and reassure them what do you want to do, Connor? I mean...
1: I can assume what's on everyone's mind. I guess I probably shouldn't do that, but... Like, I'm pretty sure there's only one thing it could be, right? Which is? The war? Oh, certainly, yeah. Or is there something else I'm missing? I guess I should ask, I guess. Hmm. I think there should be a um, an emphasis on reassurance. Reassurance, you mean? What he said. I don't know how to speak English.
0: He's a tabaxi, for God's sakes. Yeah. They make li- they mainly uh, talk with ear motions and tail posture. Plus, he uses his mind, so he doesn't need simple words. Um, well, maybe Craval would like to break the ice on this one.
2: I'll turn to Sinya. My brother and I can't help but notice that there seems to be a tension in the air.
0: And uh, she turns to you and says, yes, well, how could there not be? Um, this whole affair with the war, with Excalbarium Calise, it's its just so very strange. Now, you and my husband are both trained in the arts of military matters, I believe, but my, my training's in business, and I see no profit in this. Um, if I was to say attempt to control part of the market or take over a business, um, I would not want to be moving from a position of similar strength. I would want to make sure my ducks were in a row, if it were, uh, be able to make a crushing blow. And, and certainly if exculbarium calis is as weak as they say, uh, they are actually coming from a position of weaker strength. So, I find myself puzzled it's it's all very worrying uh, kraval if, if you will what what is the game here and it makes me wonder if there isn't some strange thing that the Baroness has in reserve it's it's the only thing that makes sense
2: I have had similar thoughts and have had conversations with Cotter and no one and we all agree with you none of this makes that much sense it encourages us to. There's a plan within a plan, I think, that the Baroness has. Though, however, to keep all options open, it could be that she's in a bad place herself. And in order to take the strain off of her, she's trying to give all the other people a target for their resentment other than her. As it is my understanding that that particular leadership position in that particular city has been nothing but tumultuous and unsure for many 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 rulers now they lack any sort of strong-spined leader to keep them in check
0: she says yes well certainly the if rumors be true the uh previous baroness uh, uh did not handle the downturn in everyone's fortunes all that well and and then when her cousin deposed her um he was uh perhaps not much better uh so uh Yes, but, and she turns to you, Kraval, and to you, Noan, and she says, It would assuage my mind if the two of you could promise to me that you will stick by Cotter's side and make sure that he comes to no harm. Could you promise that to me?
2: I cannot, in any sort of good faith, look at you and say that I can keep your husband and my brother from harm, because that
0: is not the way of the world. True, true. But I can only ask you to promise to do your very best.
2: I can promise that we will do all we can do to end this campaign as quickly as possible and bring him, bring all of our family back home.
0: And um, that seems to um, take a load off her shoulders. And you you notice the, the tension in the room lightening quite a bit. And she says, well, that's about all anyone could ever ask. You are definitely an uh, asset and a boon and a blessing uh, here in our house, Kruval. And, and you too, Noon. Um I remember <laughs> the first day that you all arrived. And, and I wonder what uh, my husband had, uh, group he had fallen in with. But it turns out that uh, he has fallen in with perhaps some of the best people that can be found. And then she turns to uh, the tabaxi. And says, and now we have new visitors in the house. And I can only assume that you will be as pleasant a surprise as the rest that my husband has brought in. Um, please, please tell me a little about yourselves. I obviously know nothing about you. Um, tell me a little bit more about your people. We've Why have we never, ever encountered your kind before?
1: We don't like um, uh, socializing. We live in trees and uh, look for books in the world and go back to our
0: trees. Well, that sounds positively lovely. Um, So, so do you have a library then if you look for books? Uh, We do have a library. I'm in
1: fact, one of the head librarians. Uh, We do like to keep this location secret uh,
0: for multiple reasons. Yes, yes, of course. Of course. Um, I do love, books very much though so i do hope that once this whole dark matter has uh, come to a, a close that we'll be able to go uh, and visit your library and, and see what information stores that you have i'm, I'm sure we could arrange
1: to send you something
0: oh yes we do interlibrary
1: loan <laughs> we just set up, we just set up that system the other day
0: very good you can you can just go and uh, put in your order on on uh, the uh Magical internet, and then they will just drive up and, and drop it in your car as you go by. Exactly. So anything else you can tell Sinia uh, about the uh, the Tabaxi release that you're willing to divulge? Um, we are probably everywhere. Uh, you will not see us.
1: We are very secretive, and um, I think that since we are extremely secret uh, secretive people, I don't think that we would really want to divulge much Mm -hmm. more information, especially
0: considering we just met this person. Yep. Sounds very wise. And Sinia says, oh, and we do have a fantastic library here in in Port of Magnum. Uh, You must go by sometime and and say hello to the librarian. I'm sure he would love to uh, actually meet you. Yes, I'm sure. (laughs) Okay. So, um, the rest of the dinner goes a little bit uh, less strained and a little bit more, um, relaxed and you find yourselves at the end of the day and, uh, anything anybody wants to do before bed?
2: I think I'm good. Uh,
3: out of context question, my gloves, do they confer acid resistance to me in general or just if I punch something made out of acid? In general.
0: I thought it was just the hands. That's kind of neat. Yeah, it's it the uh, well, you make something out of uh, black dragon scales and some neat things h- tend to happen. Okay, anything else uh, anyone wants to do before bedtime? Okay. So you uh, repair off to your bedrooms and um tabaxi they are luxuriously soft and comforting um definitely the uh, the softest bed that you've maybe ever slept on and uh, unfortunately uh pre-dawn comes way too early and you find yourselves being awakened by some of the servants in the house and uh you know apologizing profusely for having to do it and telling you it's time to uh Rise up and, and uh, prepare yourselves. And they have a, a quick breakfast for you. Uh, nothing too fancy. And uh, they, uh, you guys go out in front of the Fraser household. And the steeds are already waiting there, including your uh, summoned steed there, Cotter. And what does that look like again? Uh, it looks like the idea of a horse. Okay, good. I, I thought about it last night. Excellent. And so an ideal horse, very good. Um, so it's a a stamping charger snorting, uh, you know, breaths of air into the cool autumnal, uh, little bit frosty air there. And you mount up and the whole city is a flutter. Um, you, even at this, uh, you know, break of dawn moment, you can, you can actually kind of feel the thrum of activity in the city. And, um, So you are you all going to just stick right next to Cotter with the uh, the five horses there? Yeah. Okay. For right now,
2: I I did want to kind of lean over at Cotter real quick, as you know, while I'm a little distracted, and and you know, signal everybody else around them as well. Um, I had a thought last night before I fell asleep. Wouldn't it be interesting if the reason the Baroness here is trying to push this thing is that she somehow got all the renegades from the Dragonborn and all the other places that are ha- having similar resistances to join forces with her. Maybe that's the surprise we're all looking to.
0: Hold on, let me write that down. Renegades of Dragonborn? Okay, got it. My notes. And uh,
3: something that came to my mind, um, if, if that were the case, are we not emptying the city of its defenders?
1: I don't think we're fully emptying the city, because... That would be silly. Yeah, and also they're the. It's a
0: really hard to attack place as well. Right? Yeah, and and actually no one. As you look about, you notice that the walls are manned by even more uh, soldiers than you've seen before. So um, they may have called up the reserves or activated the militia or something like that. But it the city seems to be like I said on a war footing. And actually, as you guys exit the main gates to Porta Magnum, um, and go to join the. Uh, Aaron and the rest of the uh, lieutenants there in front of it, you are interested to see that right in front of the gates is a slew of Dwarven war wagons. But they don't seem to be set up to travel. They're actually kind of in a defensive ring around the front gate, and you notice that there are a slew of Dwarven warriors. Uh, Ironically enough, ones that you probably were facing off against just a short half a year ago. Do we think this is like a mercenary force
1: or is this just maybe. allies?
0: You're going to see the Baron in a few moments. You can ask him. Okay. Do I think it's a mercenary force or allies? Um, they seem to be kind of more or less entrenched here. You know, they have campaign tents out and that sort of thing. So um, they maybe uh, the dwarves have volunteered an allied force to guard the gates of Port of Magnum while you're away.
2: Are they close enough
0: to talk to? Um, well, you could easily uh, detour out of the way and and go speak to one of uh, one of the dwarves if you want to. They like There's those large war wagons, they war war machines.
2: Um, I'd like to do that. Just just okay. walk over to one and speak in dwarvish to him and just say, uh, "Hail! I see uh, King Nola or Baron Nola has uh, sent some of the best to assist today."
0: And he says, "Hey, we got the call up from the Baroness. She's uh, asked." the Ask for uh, us to uh, stand guard here while you're out in the field. Uh, good luck out there. It, uh, better than you and me, haha.
2: Perhaps, but I find myself reassured to see the mighty dwarves fa- and their fabled war gear uh, yeah. outside these gates.
0: No, no one's gonna get through us. Uh,
2: keep your beard long and your ale strong.
0: Hey, good luck out there. Keep your head down.
2: <laughs> Not likely. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll walk off, okay,
0: and he gets a good chuckle out of that too.
2: I'll walk back over to call her. The uh, Baroness Nola sends her regards, I, I would assume. With this,
0: that's very good to hear. Very good, and you obviously join uh the uh, Baron out there, and he says, Ah, cutter, good to see you. Uh, fine day for riding to the field. Uh, why don't you uh take your legion there and um. There's actually already a group of people with the um, black and gold swan flag that are uh, uh, out there, and you're probably in charge of nearly a hundred uh, uh, footmen there. And um, so the army's like two thousand-ish, probably. Okay. And um, then uh, the, uh, they you know they're already starting to march out, and uh, so are you gonna take your place at the front and march on out? Yeah. Okay. So uh, everyone going to just sidle right up with uh, the cotter right at the beginning there?
2: I think so. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yep. Very good. And uh, the rest of the day is extremely boring. Uh, Basically, it's just, uh, you know, after the uh, leaving the walls and the walls are just lined with people and they're all cheering and people are waving as you go by and you notice that the uh, the soldiers are kind of proudly stepping forward and in in, uh, in uh, progressive ranks, marching correctly. Um, towards the end of the day, not so much. Um, basically, the uh, it's hot, you know, in that armor, and even in the uh, cool of autumn. By the time, you know, in the early afternoon, everybody's kind of tired. And uh, you guys work your way down into the Campo Magno, and you find yourself, ironically, at the very same camp that you stopped at with the cavalry that had saved you guys from—well, not saved. They had gone and and made a reprise attack after you guys had escaped from the crossroads. And this time, though, it's a completely different beast. There is just tents upon tents upon tents— and it just extends pretty much as far as you can see, both to uh, the east and the west. And uh, the uh, soldiers basically uh, line up where you tell them, there mm-hmm. and uh, Cotter, and start pitching their tents and getting ready to go. And you get word that uh, the, all the commanders, and uh, by extension, their lieutenants, uh, need to report to the Baron's tent. Uh, right after the evening meal. So that would be all of you if you wish to go. Um, I'll go. I, I don't know if the tabaxi wish to go, but they can if they wish.
1: You think we'd actually be useful?
0: Well, I'm certainly, Red would be absolutely uh, curious to see what would happen, and you never know. they They might have a question you could answer.
1: I'll tag along.
0: Might as well. There's no harm in not. Right, yep. And at the very least, it would uh, add some more cachet to the uh, legend of Cotter with his two mysterious cloaked figures that hover behind him at all times. What does he have up his sleeve? Okay, so uh, you guys. No cat ears. Yes. You guys uh, get a quick meal in the field. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's nothing fancy, nothing to write home about, but it's uh, they do have good nourishment in the Port of Magnum Army. And uh, then uh, it's off to the Baron's tent and uh, you see the uh, heads of the other families arriving uh, Their Cotter. In fact, your uh, friend Kent apparently is in charge of his family's battalion, the the bear battalion. And then uh, you kind of crowd into a fairly large tent and the Baron is sitting uh, there in front of a table and stretched out as a fairly large map of this part of the Campo Magno. And um, when the last of the commanders arrives, the uh, Baron stands up and says, oh, Thank you, thank you all for arriving. Um, this is a terrible business we're in, but one that uh, we must face. Um, with a good bit of luck, the Baroness er, Excaliburum Calice will not be able to field an army nearly as large as ours, and hopefully we can be done with this whole ugly business by tomorrow. Um, Here is hoping that the gods will bless our efforts. Uh, But this is how we're going to lay things out. And he steps behind the map. And um, basically it has the grain fields uh, that he, you know, has down here in the South of the Campo Magno. And he says, this is where we shall make our stand. Um, And, looking at it there's um or you know goes basically from the hills on the east side all the way out to the mare Aranosum. but um the part he's kind of circling with his finger is uh much smaller so he uh circles uh the area says um this is uh the best land for us to make our stand upon um off to the east he says um this are the foothills and uh, if they have cavalry with them then uh, they should not be able to operate very effectively in the hills and uh, trees of the foothills. And then off to the west here is a fairly large stream, um, fairly deep, and once again, this should uh, limit their ability to uh, both move the foot soldiers and the cavalry. So we shall make our stand in a line through here. Um, Cotter, will you please reinforce our left flank on the foothills with the swan battalion so that'll be how high up will that be i'm sort of just trying to well the the foothills really just kind of go you know from just a couple tens of feet to a couple hundred feet before they start jumping up in the mountains okay and Uh, is this going to be where the
1: side the dragonborn are on
0: well if they're up in the hills above you then yeah they would end up being on that side Mm -hmm. yeah then that's right yeah Very good. And he he turns to Kent and says Ah, very good. Uh, And can the Bear Battalion uh, secure our right flank up against the uh, water feature here? And uh, Kent uh, indicates that they are ready to do so. And he then lays out the other families in between in a long line. And uh, so they they basically there's a lot of conversation about um, you know commands for attack and retreat and conditions you know predictions on what would happen Um, and uh, actually everybody roll insight again
1: 15
2: 23
0: 16 10
3: 21
0: okay so it's an insightful group although um misty may be uh once again uh not paying strict attention there and uh but yeah this is completely opposite of the conversation last night, whereas last night's dinner was just pessimism and worry. Um, uh, there is a lot of boisterous, uh, eagerness and, uh, confidence being radiated by everybody here. They're, they're pretty sure that, uh, that, uh, on the morrow things will turn in the, in Port of Magnum's way. There's a lot, a lot of enthusiasm at this point in time. Okay. Anything anybody wants to bring up before bedtime? You know,
3: I think I might just stay awake for most of the night. This,
0: this seems a little, uh, too perfect. Well, the optimism might be a little bit, uh, misplaced. So we'll just see. Um, Cotter though, as you are, uh, it the group is beginning to file out, um, the Baron says to, uh, it says, oh, C- Cotter, Terry, a moment. Um, who is carrying your flag? Um it should be the job of your squire, but I do not know if you've had enough time since being knighted to have appointed a squire. Certainly you've barely been around Porta Magnum with this and he kind of winks at you business of yours.
3: Come on, find someone on the field and squire them right now.
1: Uh, no, no, it's a, I think we can give someone who's not my squire the flag
0: as an easier decision as and the, and well in the yeah, baron says, oh no no, no, we must that's... we must uh, have protocol here um and he he shouts over Kent and Kent kind of uh trots back says, um Kent, uh, I know that you and Cotter are on good terms and and it is a tradition for most of the knights to uh acquire a squire from a different household as a a sign of friendliness between the houses. Uh, isn't that lovely nephew of yours, William, available? And, and isn't he just about ready to be squired? And, and Kent uh, you know, kind of puffs up and says, well, yes, uh, I do believe he is ready for such a thing. Um, shall I uh, send him over to you, Cotter? Um, let, let us say if he can bear your standard well in this particular uh, endeavor that perhaps uh, you can uh, squire him uh, officially later. That sounds good to me. Very good. And, um, so anything else anybody wants to do before bedtime there? Um, what do
1: I have to be like, do I have to take a squire with me? Do I have to like train him a lot? Does he have to go with me? What's well, the one protocol? would
0: assume that when the, this whole messy, uh, thing is over with the, uh, phylacteries and all that, and you settle down to a decent life of being a, uh, a, uh, first son of uh, Port of Magnum, then it, yeah, you would uh, bring him to your household and train him in the arts of war and all that stuff.
3: Well, Cotter, if you like the lad, you should probably not have him follow us for a while.
1: Yeah. I was thinking about that too.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If you want him to hang around for any length of time. Very good. Okay. So, um, about, uh, 20 minutes after you return to your tents, uh, William shows up and, uh, pitches his tent next to yours. Um, and he's a kind of a fresh faced lad. Looks a lot like Kent does uh, very similar family, uh, family resemblance. Um, and he's more than eager to hold your standard while you are in battle. Okay. So anything else before you, uh, wake up in the morning?
2: No one, let's look around the battlefield. I want to make sure there's no any hidden surprises.
0: I don't think, are we close enough? Well, I mean, you're basically on the verge of where you're going to be facing them. So, yeah, you guys could go and do some evening recon if you wanted to.
3: I agree. Let's do it.
0: Okay. So, why don't. Thrax. Yeah. Why don't uh, the both of you give me an investigation check?
2: Uh, before we do this, I don't know if it'll help at all, but I'd like to spend a few minutes doing my rituals and explain to Thrax and the Snow Owl what we're looking for mm-hmm. and, and whatnot, and then send them on their way to help as well.
0: Very good. So, you're going to have an eye in the sky and then Thrax padding around uh, uh, from bush to bush there looking for anything? Yeah. Okay, good. So, um, why don't you guys, like I said, each roll for me, investigation.
2: I got a 22.
0: 15. Okay. So, um, you guys uh, do a little bit of exploring there in the dark, and obviously with your owl eyes. There, Krival, and your natural night sight there, no one, uh, no problem there at all. And you don't find anything unusual um, out on the, the fields in front of, uh, you know, con, you know potentially where the battle will take place. It it seems to be uh, just about as normal as you can imagine. Um, though, creval though, um, you're looking off in the distance and, you know, in the very, very far distance, you can see the campfires of the opposing force and Either they are doing something to, uh, you know, deliberately obscure their numbers or there's just not that big a force in the field because there just aren't a whole lot of campfires. Um, There's a bunch of them. There's a lot of campfires, but not as many as you would expect to see if there is a force as big as your force that will be uh, uh, meeting them in the field tomorrow. So that does occur to you.
2: Uh, when the owl comes back, I want to send it back out again. I want it to range beyond a big circular pattern. I want to look for any other movement from any sort of creatures okay. that, that are humanoid.
0: And, um, it returns to you, uh, there in, in, uh, about a in half an hour's time, hours time. Um, by this time, are you guys back at the, uh, at the camp?
2: Yeah, we didn't find yeah. any. I think so. And,
0: and the owl tells you that, um, what it saw was that there are groups of people out there clustered around campfires, and then there are groups that are just clustered with no campfires. So it seems like they've enforced some sort of uh, campfire discipline or something like that to deliberately obfuscate how many people are actually out there.
2: Good to know. I'll pass it on to Cotter.
0: Very good. Okay. Okay. And the next morning uh, breaks bright and early.
1: I'm going to uh, prepare, instead of remove curse, Crusader's mantle.
0: Okay, very good. Any other uh, things people want to do to prepare for this day of combat? Just flexing my new gloves. Excellent. And uh, anything else? Anybody?
2: Yeah, I'm swapping out Speak With Dead for Beacon of Hope. Okay. And then before battle, I'm going to say a couple of prayers. And I will cast Aid at 4th level on No One, Cotter, and probably Red. And then I will also continue that prayer into a different prayer and then just cast Death Ward on Cotter.
3: Okay. So an Aid does what again?
2: It'll increase your maximum hit points by 15.
0: So mark that down on your sheet. Okay, and then the day uh, begins bright and early, um, and actually way too early. Uh, you know, by the time dawn cracks above the horizon, you have all actually eaten some sparse breakfast, which you could possibly, um, you know, fit down uh, with the general butterflies in the stomach and all that. And uh, by the time you are mounted on your horses. The uh, foot soldiers there of the Swan Battalion are already um, laid out and ready to go. And uh, you see the other battalions marching to the skirmish line that they've set up between the creek and the hills. And I'm assuming you're going to want to get yours into position. Yes. Um, what, so this is kind of like not super
1: important, but what's the average level of a soldier in an army like
0: this? Um, you know, the av- foot soldiers would be like, what, one quarter CR or one half CR. They're just raw recruits. Some of, the- some of them are militia. They literally just put a, a steel pot on their head and put a-, a sword or a a spear in their hands and said, go to it. Um, the commanders, obviously, are more indulgent in this thing. And all of your NCOs and so forth would be, you know, level two, level three Um mm-hmm actual soldiers and then the commanders are probably like you guys several several levels above that in experience but like our group is
1: really high like just the five of us is really oh, high yeah. level for being on the battlefield like
0: this. you you are you are legendary already mm-hmm. very good so this is the left flank of the port of magnum line here and so this is this is the uh um, layout, as you can see it on the, on the, uh, side over here, you've got the, you know, um, terrain that. features there and then the circles of the trees. So you got a, a little bit of a, the first of the foothills with, you know, going up in the trees and then on the far side over on the other side, you have the, uh, creek that runs through there. So, uh, um, obviously you're going to lay out your forces directly across this to link up to the next group. Where are you all going to position yourself as the commanders? Where where are you and your your five horses going to be?
2: Wait, we're commanders? I thought just Cotter was the commander.
0: Well, yeah, but you you're obviously we're bodyguards. Just his his his, his uh, lieutenants there, no so doubt about it. We're like just across one of these lines, pretty much. Uh, you, well, your foot soldiers are basically going from the base of the foothills all the way over to the creek, across this entire thing. Then, um. Do you want to be up on the hill where you have a good view of the whole thing?
2: I think that would be the best idea.
0: Yeah, although, how long does it take to get a message to the other side? Oh, um, probably no more than just, uh, you know, a rider could get over there in in just a couple of rounds of time, you know? Okay, then yeah, we'll be... No more than 30 seconds at the most. Up on the hill. Okay, very good. Oh, wow, okay. Then uh, we could do
1: a whole lot of... Or the mages could do a whole lot of damage. Yes. How common
0: is magic in an army like this? Um, as you know, it's not very common in this world. Uh, you guys are the 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 magic users that you have encountered are are you know the just the vanguard of maybe a whole new generation of, of those that use magic. So they may have some casters in their group, but uh, then again, maybe not. Probably not mm. in the general soldiery. You know. So would it be
1: like? calling ourselves out to just be like shooting fireballs all over the battlefield
0: or I'm I'm sure they would uh it would probably get some attention, yes. But that's something to think about once the battle's going. And um speaking of which, you on your hillside here um have an excellent view all the way across out across the plain. You can see all the way out to the uh, Mari Aranosum forum where you are and you can see the line of Portum Magnum uh, you know, basically each battalion locks up with the other in a, in a long line from your foothill all the way out to that uh, small river that anchors your right flank. And wait, so is this like the whole battlefield? No, no. This is, this is your whole battlefield. This is this is okay. the Swan battalions. Yeah, and there just yeah. happens to be another small creek. Yeah, it just ironically, it, is- it lays out very similar to how the entire battlefield lays out, just in much larger setup. And um. The forces of Exculbarium Colise, as Dawn breaks across the field and, and uh, you guys are all in position, are also in a line. And they are, you hear a large shout and they just start charging across the battlefield at you. And everybody, once again, roll for me an investigation check. Again? Yep. Yeah. Investigation or insight? Um, either one, actually. Oh, a uh,
1: non-natural 20. 25,
0: 2, 6, okay. 20. 15, 24 on a natural 20. Okay, and, and ironically, it's it's uh, interesting because, yeah, the, the non-military folks here, um, it just looks like a lot of people. But to you, Craval, and especially to you, Cotter, you're looking out across this group. The force facing you is almost the size of your own forces. And in order to achieve that, they would have had to have emptied almost like every man, woman, and child out of Exculbarium Calis to make such a force. Which is just astounding. And... They all look living, right? Well, I mean, obviously it's just a bunch of people rushing at you right now. But the two sides uh, come together in a huge clash of arms. And then all of a sudden in front of you, Cotter, on your line, you all of a sudden hear some calls of dismay from your, uh, from your side. And you look down upon the two lines of battling combatants and you notice that your soldiers are kind of repeatedly sticking and hacking and slashing away at the Esculbarium uh opponents who don't seem to be, um, you know, they're, they're not dressed in fancy armor or anything like that. They seem to be just kind of like peasants of the field that have been armed. But actually, everybody roll for me this time for sure an investigation check. Ten. We'll see who's got eagle eyes here. Twenty-two.
2: One. Nineteen.
0: Seven. Nineteen. Okay. Um, Creval? You've seen this before and read, you may have read about it in uh, news of, of going around, but you notice the people coming forward that are being repeatedly hacked and slashed are like not even responding to those blows. And you notice that growing out of their heads and sides are little white fungus. The torque is back.
2: No, it's the spore druids that infested the torque. It's the spore druids again.
0: And that's where we're going to stop today. notes okay well it was hilarious i wish we could leave the uh, recorder running when we finish these things up because there's always so much fun stuff that goes on after we hit stop but the big one this time around was we hit stop and everybody all the same time said you're gonna leave it on a cliffhanger like that yes we're gonna leave it on a cliffhanger like that so uh cotter Kraval, the rest of the party are uh Stuck there in the middle of the battle, and uh, something odd is going on. So uh, we'll have to see what happens when we get back to them. But uh, next episode, we're cutting over to Arlen and Adri, and we're going to find out what happens with them and going up to Colesque and looking for a cure for Arlen and a home for Adri's family. That should be neat to do. And now it's time for a Dungeon Master Confession. I told myself when I started this whole thing, I was not going to have a huge epic battle that the party's going to take part in, but here we are having a huge epic battle that the party's taking part in. Uh, it's just the way the story went, and um, we'll see how many other <laughs> promises I made to myself that we're going to break. Uh, I've got a few more that I'm like, oh, this is going to kind of lead to this, so I told myself I wasn't going to do this, but here we are. So I guess uh, we'll have to see what those are when we get going. Uh, what are those going to be? We'll have to wait for the next episode to find out. Until then, let us know what you think. Rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Email us at relicofthepastpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Follow us at relic of the Past on Twitter and relic of the past Podcast on Facebook. Articles and artwork are available at poolmedia.podbean.com. And thank you for playing in the world that lives inside my head.